Y'all are excited. I love it. Hey, real quick, uh, can you just give it up for the worship team tonight? Did an awesome job. Can you just give them a hand? So dope. Some of my favorite songs. I'm going to be all over the place because the doctor says I have ADD and so it's squirrel, right? So some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, hey, before we get into this, because let me tell you something, I'm fired up. Right, Robert Mendu says, I'm Red Bull excited. Like, I'm Red Bull excited. All right, I could run through a brick wall right now. All right, it may just be because we saw Spider-Man. Don't worry, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. Maybe. No, I won't. I won't. I want to give honor to where honor is due. Can you just show your love and appreciation to Pastor Joey and Pastor Jay for letting me be here? Um, he is right. I yell a lot because I'm Puerto Rican. Any Puerto Ricans in the house? Hey, I yell a lot, and I'm going to be all over the place, but he's right. I'm from Chicago. I'm right. It was actually, uh, I lived all up and down Addison. My mom uh, also grew up in Humboldt Park. She went to Clemente High School. My brother went to Lakeview. Anybody go to any of those schools? No? You're like, no, man. I went to Gray Elementary. Anybody know Gray? Anyone? Uh, okay, all right. I love it. So just honor you. Thank you guys for letting me be here. I'm so excited the flight was good. By the way, this is Connor. Everybody say hi, Connor. Connor's nice. His hair is perfectly coiffed today, as you can see. He wakes up like that, all right? Hey, I love Chicago. I love everything about this city, straight up. I love it. And he's right. I'm low-key suffering in Missouri right now. Uh, it's like tornado season. And literally just the other day, there were like sirens, right? There was like, the wind was blowing really, really fast. Your boy was like, what am I doing here, right? It's like, was it yesterday? The other day was like 72 degrees. Was it hot up here like that here? What is, the, the Lord is coming? That's what my dad, my dad would be like that. Anything like not natural in the weather, he'd be like, the Lord is coming. Are you, are you good? I'm like, yeah, yes. Well, I don't know. You keep asking me. So I don't know. But I love Chicago. I love everything about Chicago. I love the sights. We were talking about this today. I love the skyline. I think we have, I say we because I'm family. You have now adopted me into your family, okay? I don't care what you say. I will be that crazy cousin or uncle or whatever you want to call me. Just don't call me old, right? I love the sights of Chicago. To me, there's nothing more beautiful and just low-key romantic and low-key like a Hallmark movie than Christmas time in Chicago. You know what I'm talking about? Some of y'all have already been on your dates down there. See the Macy's windows. They still do the windows? And what's the Kris Kringle market down there? You know what I'm saying? On the daily, right? Living a Hallmark movie. My wife loves it. My wife loves Hallmark movies. She is the one that's like, let's just go and of Christmas, and she's, I call her Princess Glitter Bomb. She couldn't be here tonight, Ariel, uh, but she sends her love, and she's super mad that I'm having fun without her, and I promised I would bring her back popcorn and donuts and other things to make it up for being here. So I love the sights. I think we have the best uh, skyline in the world. I love the sounds. Right? I love traffic, even though it's weird. Right? I love watching people get mad in traffic. Like he's shaking his head. He's like, nah, I don't, you don't like traffic? You don't like just sitting and doing nothing and getting cut off all the time? Yeah, same. Right? I, love, I love the beeps, right? Me, the sounds of the city, like who's seen In the Heights? Come on. Y'all haven't seen In the Heights? 
All right, well, that's it for today. I'm just going to go ahead. No. In the Heights, I feel like there's music everywhere, right? That's like the worship pastor me. I just hear music, right? I was that annoying kid at lunch that had the pens that was trying to make beats. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all do that till today. Don't do that. It's annoying. All right, don't do that. I love the, I even love the smells of the city. You're like, you lost me there, Izzy. Yeah, I do. I love the smells. All right, I even love the smell of a CTA bus, whatever that smell is. All right, it's a mystery. It's like the mystery flavor of like an airhead. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what it is, right? I I love the red line. I love the way that red line smells. Some of y'all know the red line. I used to take a train and a bus to school every day, right? My stop every day before I came down to Gray uh, was Wrigley Field. And I would get kicked off the platform all the time because I would try to watch the game from there, even though I'm still like five foot nothing and I can't see over anything anyway. Don't laugh. I'm short. I'll fight you. All right. I love the sights. I love the sounds. I love the smells. My favorite smell in the whole world is not a Yankee candle. It's not coffee. I love pizza. I love pizza so much. There's like God and then there's my wife and pizza's like right right there. She knows. She's praying for me. I'm going to get saved tonight. Don't worry. My favorite pizza joint, I love Lou Malnati's. It's my favorite pizza joint. I just love the smell of pizza, right? So today, I want to talk to you about a story in Scripture. And Joey asked me, hey, you know, can we can we talk about worship when you're here? I'm like, yeah. I love worship. I'm a worship pastor. This is what I do. I would love to talk about that. And the Lord brought me to a certain scripture that we're going to dive into tonight. But in my opinion, this is like the smelliest, well, I'll say second smelliest moment in the Bible that we see. First of all, it was Lazarus. Let's be real. That dude being dead for a long time, they said there was that smell that came out, right? Funk. Right? You know, what I'm talking? You know out here, let me bring it down to you guys. It's like that junior hire after camp that didn't shower the whole time. And then they think like Axe or like Bod will cover everything. It's that smell. All right. We're going to talk about it. Y'all ready for this? All right. Today's message is called What That Smell Like. I had a game that me and my brothers still play. It's not really a game. It's more like a moment where we make fun of people. But um, it's called What That Smell Like. And if we ever smell something weird or we, like, looked at something that smells, like, we don't know that it smells, but it just looks like it smells, you know what I'm saying? We would play this game called What That Smell Like. So he'd ask me, he'd be like, hey, hey, what that smell like? And so we would have to come up with, like, the most random combination. I'd be like, man, that smells like, that smells like a leather Pop-Tart and wet popcorn. He'd be like, ooh. I'd be like, what that smell like? He'd be like, it smells like sweaty pennies and a sweaty snapback. And we're like, ooh, right? So tonight's message, what that smell like? Turn to your neighbor, give him a sniff and say, what that smell like? What that smell like? And then you turn to the other person and be like, it ain't me. It ain't me. What are we diving into tonight? What that smell like? And I'm going to put in parentheses here. Basically, we're going to talk about worshiping our response to his presence. Our response to his presence, because let me, let me tell you something. When Jesus enters into the room, we all have a response to it. All right, some of y'all, we're going to come in and talk about this here in a sec. But we all respond to his presence in one way or another. This story that we, we're going to dive into gives us a proper view, and in my opinion, is, is the purest form of worship and response we can see in Scripture. Here we go. I want to uncover, in my opinion, this. This story gives a clear look into what our response should be when Jesus is in the room. This story gives and identifies several types of people. 
As we look at these, I'm going to read a little bit here. You may find yourself identifying with one of these categories as we break down. My hope and prayer tonight is that when we're done here in the altars, the category you'd find yourself in tonight would be the one closest to Jesus. I hope you're ready. John chapter 12, verses 2 through 9. We got the Sky Bible. Is that, We call it the Sky Bible. Y'all got it? Does it go up? Oh, love it. It's going to be a long read. So stay with me. Here we go. So they made him a dinner there, and Martha was serving. And Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table with him. Mary then took a pound of very expensive perfume of pure nard. This ain't your average Axe body spray or the stuff that you find at Bath and Body Works, okay? This isn't, you know, Japanese cherry blossom. I know y'all swear it. Don't play. And anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Everybody say, what that smell like? What that smell like? What is that? But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who intended to betray him, time out for a second. I love that they just throw shade at Judas, Judas right here. He could have just been like, we all know who Judas is at this point, but he just had to throw it in there real quick. You know, the one that is a hater and betrayed Jesus. Verse five, he says this, why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the proceeds given to poor people? Now he said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Mm. And he kept the money. Oh, and as he kept the money box, he used to steal from the money box and he used to steal from what was put into it. Therefore, Jesus said, leave her alone. You may not have yelled. Again, like I said, we're Latino. We yell. So I just, I read the Bible as if Jesus was Puerto Rican. Okay, it's just, it's just what it is. All right. Leave her alone, he says, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For you always have the poor with you, but you don't always have me. The crowd of the Jews then learned that he was there and they came, not on account as Jesus only, of Jesus only, but so that he may also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. Here we go. That's it. That was a lot. But I love the word. Don't you love the word? We're going to start from the outside of the room, from the crowd, and we're going to work our way in as we see where Jesus is. Our end goal tonight is to get a clear picture of what Mary did in this moment, right? So we're gonna talk about Mary. So if you've never heard this story before, let me just break it down super, 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 super quick, all right, ADHD style. Mary, Jesus, Lazarus, the boys, disciples, the crowd, they're having a party. Mary all of a sudden goes and get a bottle of something really, really nice and fancy, comes and worships Jesus with it, breaks it open, pours it, anoints him, and Jesus gets all mad, and everyone's like, what's going on? the end. That's the Izzy International version, okay? You can look that up on the Bible app. It won't be there. All right? All right? So the goal tonight is to get a clear picture of what Mary did and how we, our response to God's presence should be the same. Because whether we know it or not, like I said earlier, when Jesus is in the room, we all have a response to it. Everyone in this story is responding to Jesus. It looks like it's just Mary. Right? It just looks like it's her. It looks like Mary's the only one that's like, Jesus is in the room? Bet. Let me go get my stuff. Right? No. Everybody's responding. So here we go. Four categories that we see. We're going to work our way outside the room to where Jesus is. Everybody say the crowd. Come on. Everybody say the crowd. The crowd. John 12, 9 says, the crowd 
of the Jews then learned that he was there. And they came, not on account of Jesus only, but so that they might also see Lazarus, whom he raised from the dead. So again, we're talking about four categories, four types of people that was, that when Jesus is in the room, what's their response to? So the crowd here in this moment, these are the people, these are the sensation seekers. They didn't come to Christ to know him or because they were seeking truth. The Bible says they were there to just seek Lazarus, the first ever recorded zombie in history. All right, this is some walking dead stuff right here. Lazarus, it took him forever to get that smell off of him, right? They were there to seek Lazarus, who was a miracle and proof of the Savior and person and power of Jesus. I love that. That's a whole nother thing. They were interested more in the miracle than the miracle worker. Basically, to just, again, bring it down, they're the hype beasts. They, they, they heard something was happening. They heard something was popping off. They're like, hey, I'll come through. I'll see what's happening. They just wanted to see what had happened with Lazarus, right? It was another thing they could post about on their Instagram or TikTok, right? I just got a TikTok, all right? I don't really know what's going on on that, all right? The Lord's still working on me. I have no idea what's happening on TikTok, right? P Pastor Joy, do you have a TikTok? Yeah, I, I don't know if I should keep that on my phone. I don't know, like just... I don't know. I don't know what's happening. People like trying to jerk and it's been like 10 years. I don't know what's happening. I'm, I almost just knocked the hip out just doing that right now. All right? <laughs> I'm playing. These people just wanted to say this. They just wanted to say, yeah, I was there. Yeah, me too. I was there. I saw that. Yeah, I saw Jesus. He was out there. Here's the reality. The miracle means nothing when we don't know who it comes from. So they're seeking this powerful moment, right? They're seeking this, this Lazarus guy that came out from a grave and was just like what's up I hit the thriller one time and they have no idea that the power necessarily isn't in just a miracle but it's the miracle worker amen they're just there for clout it means nothing that they're there they're, they're not there to seek Jesus and they're missing out on this moment so what is their response they just don't know Jesus they don't know him to respond. They don't know to respond. They're just kind of seeing what's happening. The reality tonight is that Jesus is in this room. And, and I felt that, man, worship in my heart. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you're here. And, and I, almost, I almost didn't want to come up and preach because I felt the Holy Spirit so strong in this place. And maybe you're sitting in your seat right now and you're like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're feeling. It may be the steak sandwich I had earlier at where did we go? Mr. D's right? Just marinating in my stomach. I want you to know something Jesus is here and he's inviting you in and you may not know to respond and that's okay. Take heart we're going to take some time I want to just in, encourage you that Jesus is inviting you in that's the crowd maybe that's you tonight everybody say the disciples these are Jesus' boys. This is his Warzone squad. Right? These are the people that are always online. Any gamers in here? Yeah? Yeah? Are we like Xbox people or are we like PlayStation people? And who's like a PC master race guy? Who's like, I play PC. There's always one. You? you? <laughs> I love that. 
These are Jesus' boys. This was a squad. These guys, check this out. These guys at this point, right, they had seen every miracle, countless of miracles that Jesus done. They had heard every sermon. They even know Jesus' Chick-fil-A order. Hallelujah. I love Chick-fil-A. They knew Jesus and everything. So, so check this out. What was their response in this moment? Because once again, we see that Mary went and got the most valuable thing in her life. I won't get there just yet. To come and bring before Jesus. And the response is what? I, scripture only says Judas. I'm wondering why nobody else is speaking up. Right? Maybe, maybe the one whom Jesus loved. Where is he at? Where, where's Peter? Where's all these guys at in this moment? It, it, it's sad to see right here that it seems like Judas is speaking up for, for the team. It makes me sad because what an amazing moment we're about to see. And it's the people closest to Jesus that missed out on it. Why? Why didn't they join Mary? Why? What's the What's the problem here? What did they What they miss? What was their response? And even though they had seen the works and, and they had heard the the powerful words of Jesus, maybe it's because they were too caught up in things like their position. Who was going to sit next to Jesus? Who was going to be seated next to Jesus? in heaven on the throne and they're too busy arguing about things like that and competing against one another maybe they're too I don't know worried about being served instead of serving what what can I bring all this into right now how can I sum up the disciples in this moment you see Judas speak out for not just for the sake of the poor but to make himself known in his position to just let himself hey you know I just want everybody to know that I'm just being super righteous right now. This is it. She, you know, she shouldn't be doing that. We could use it for the poor. I hope there's like somebody that like low-key knew Judas was like sketchy and just gave like the hardest eye roll in the world. They're like, dude, what are you doing, man? <laughs> That'd be me. What is it? What is it? What is it? It's familiarity. Do you want to know the one thing that can keep you from responding the way you should, that Jesus is in the room, is familiarity. What's that look like? Yeah, we always have church on Thursday. Yeah, we always sing these songs. It's the same people up there. I never, I never want to miss out on Jesus because I'm too familiar with him. Because he's been too good to me. He's been too good to me. He's been so kind. He's been so gracious. He's been so friendly. He's been so inviting. And the one thing that can, can kill any type of momentum in a worship service is if you come in here thinking, yeah, this is kind of just what we do. We get out around eight something and we go eat and that's the night. Let me, let me say this too. Proximity doesn't always mean intimacy. I'll say it again. Proximity doesn't mean intimacy, meaning here's another story real quick, is this. So we see Jesus walking through the crowd on his way to go heal a 12-year-old girl, 
And there's a woman with an issue of blood, and she comes and she touches Jesus. If you know the story, great. If you don't, you should ask Pastor Joey about it later because it's a phenomenal story. And she touches him, and she's immediately healed. And Jesus, Jesus stops in this moment and goes, someone touched me. And one, the disciples speak up. Just They're so dumb. I love them. I would have been one of them, too. I, would have, I probably would have said this. But what do you mean, Jesus? There's a bunch of people here. We're all, like, just bumping into each other. Of course, somebody touched you. She withdrew power. So there's a difference in, in being close to Jesus and touching Jesus. The disciples are close to Jesus, but because of familiarity, they failed to realize that this was a moment to touch Jesus. They failed to realize that this was a moment to worship because to them, it's just Jesus. Maybe that's you tonight. My hope and prayer for you is that you don't miss out on the spiritual moment because Jesus wants to reveal something new about him to you. And it's intimacy and it's worship that will give a spiritual insight into the character and the heart of Jesus and the heart of God. God is inviting you in. God is inviting you in. Somebody say, Martha, we're coming to, get, we're com we're coming to an end here. And, and, and if I'm flying, it's because I really feel like the Lord wants to do something in the altar time tonight. But Martha, Martha's one of my favorites because uh, she's kind of like perfect <laughs> in a way. She's like that A student, that type A personality. Like if you look in Martha's kitchen, Right, she's got all like the seasoning, all the all the labels are faced this way. You know what I'm saying? Who is that? Is some of y'all in here that's like that? Like, don't touch anything in my house because it's exactly where it needs to be, right? Some of y'all just leave stuff on the floor, but you know where it is on the floor. So if like wifey or like mom or like abuela comes in and like starts cleaning stuff up, now you don't know where stuff is, right? That's Martha. <laughs> that's me too. Oh, Ariel, I love you for putting up with me because I'm messy. I want to read you Luke 10, 38. We have this one, right? We do. Yeah, we do. Love it. Martha, here we go. Luke just also describes Martha for us. He says this about her. I feel like he kind of felt some type of way too, the way he talks about her. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary. Everybody say Mary. Mary, Mary. Y'all know who Mary, Mary is? The song Shackles. Let me tell you, when that song came out, hobbing, church was lit. Church is still lit. Church is lit tonight. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted. Everybody say, oh, Martha. Oh, Christmas. Was distracted by all the preparations that they had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Hair flip. Again, it's the Izzy International Version. Tell her to help me. Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Check this out. Or indeed, only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Martha, he's saying, the most important thing to do for me is to be with me. So who's Martha right now, right? How can we bring this here? Martha, it appears, was seeking to find her significance and meet her inner needs through her service and through her works. Martha was being so distracted with serving, failed to make the one who came to serve that priority in the moment. This left Martha what? Frustrated, bitter, full of complaint. To break it down right now, these are the ones who serve the most. So that's why I say, like, I, I like Martha because uh, at one point, you know, Martha was a Mary. And somehow through her service and through her need to be fulfilled in her service, her response to Jesus being in the room was to just be busy and to work and to serve. I'm going to clear that up right here. These are the ones that are always here. Some of y'all grew up here. You're the first one to show up. You're the last to go home. I'm not saying that serving is the issue here. Because I believe by serving the people, we serve the Lord. Amen. I'm saying that there needs to be the heart behind the service. Instead of focusing on what needs to be done and what she needs, Martha in this moment needs to focus on who is there and what he deserves. It's so easy for us to get caught up in the acts of service in the acts of taking care of the house, and the acts of getting things ready, that we forget whom we're serving. Hey, newsflash real quick. In this moment, Jesus doesn't care about the spread on the table. Jesus doesn't care if the light is good enough for the selfie pick later. Jesus doesn't care necessarily if the bathroom's clean, or if the floor is swept, or if the the, 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 the fan is dusted. I don't know why I got to dust the fan all the time in my house, but I do. He doesn't care. He's saying, Martha, you're missing it right now. I get it. I'm so thankful. I get it, Martha. I know you want things to be great. I know you want things to be awesome, but you're missing it. You're missing it. And Martha has missed the heart of service, and that is to be with Jesus. It is to be at his feet. It's to serve and then be served by him. It's to love and to be loved by him. Maybe maybe that's you and you've been here for a while. And this is just you come here and this almost feels like it's another job. And I just let me just talk to the leaders real quick. God sees you and he and he's so thankful for you. Leaders that are here day in and day out making excel excel. And I thank you for being consistent in the lives of these students. And I thank you for honoring your awesome pastor here and pastors on staff. But I want you to remember, if anything, why you started serving in the first place. It's Jesus. Is he not worthy of your praise? Is he not worthy of your affection? And I know you're here. You're like, yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. Then let's just be a reminder. Listen, Jesus wants you to be at his feet. Put the tray down. Set the chair up. 
Put the tables out. Get to the feet of Jesus. Send out the text. Get the kids ready. Get the boys ready. Get to the feet of Jesus. Don't forget on why you're serving in the first place. He cares about you, you know. He cares about you being close to him. Mary chose to be with Jesus and Jesus' response was to come to her defense. And so there may be some things in your life as you start to move forward and, and, and move from some of these categories into the proper response. And there may be people, they're like, but that's not you. Come on. What about the other day? What about last week? What about a few hours ago? Make Jesus a priority in your life and watch him through the power of the Holy Spirit come to your defense. How, how does that happen? I mean, hopefully, like, the Holy Spirit doesn't just show up and, like, just start cussing people out, right? We hope that won't happen, okay, because that's the Holy Spirit. You know, my mom might, but um, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Sorry. My mom was infamous for doing that. No. But as those thoughts start to creep in your head, that's not really you. What makes you think that Jesus wants to be around you? He'll come to your defense. He'll say, what? well, I've adopted you. The, the father's saying, you're my kid. I, I want you to be close to me. Like, well, what about that the other day? And, and, and Jesus and the Father are saying to the power of the Holy Spirit, well, that's been paid for. That's been forgiven. That's been erased. It, my relationship with you here now is brand new. And that's every day. That's what walking with Jesus is. That, that's what having a relation, relationship with Jesus is. It's a brand new start every day. Every moment could be this moment where we have spiritual insight into who Jesus is. So don't be too busy. Everybody just take a deep breath and let it out. Hope you brought him in. That's what Martha needed to do. Hey, leaders, let's take a breath and remember why you were serving in the first place. If you find yourself here, stop, take a moment, realize who's in the room. Everybody say Mary. All right, here we go. Um, verse 3, I want to read. Mary then took a pound of very expensive perfume of pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So all this tonight comes down to this moment as we define what the proper response to his presence should be. And I love Mary in this moment. I love Mary, period, because she is so radically and unapologetically in love and raptured with who Jesus is. We read that she went and got a vial of pure nard. Let me just tell you what nard is, okay? You're like, what is that? Again, you're not going to find it at Bath and Body Works, all right? It's not going to be at any other Macy's where the perfume place to be. I don't know, whatever it's called. Nard is a type of ointment that was found in the Himalayans. It was hard to get and very expensive. In verse 5, we see that it was worth 300 denarii. The daily wage, check this out. The daily wage of a working man was only one. 300. 
And I won't, I won't really go in too much about that. But what she poured onto Jesus' head and feet was worth a year's wages. That's like you working for a whole year and like putting it all together and buying a car. And then you taking that car and driving it off a bridge and being like, hi, I love you, Jesus. You can have my Range Rover. <laughs> you can have the Tesla. That's crazy to me. That's a lot of money. I won't go too deep into this too, but what Mary did was deeply prophetic. This perfume was used to anoint kings, anoint priests, and to anoint the dead before burial. Worship gives spiritual insight. Worship gives us an ear to hear. Maybe, Mar maybe, maybe Mary knew this or didn't, but what she did, again, so deeply prophetic, she grabbed an ointment that was used for kings, that was, that was used for priests, that was used for the dead, and not just the next passage, and not just the next few par paragraphs later, we see Jesus, what? He enters into the city and declares his kingship over Israel. And then later we see him as the royal priest who is about to make atonement for our sins and then eventually die. Spiritual insight through worship. Man, I want to go a little bit further than there, but that's good. What would make her do this? It says that she like, she broke the vial open so that she could pour it freely. Mary had no intention of keeping any of it for herself. I love that they didn't say she like popped court open and just, she said she broke it. She broke it open. The bottle has a neck on it. Theologians say that she, she just cracked it open and got to the feet of Jesus. What's worship? If I could talk about that, what's worship? It's the, it's the breaking of our hearts and lives before Jesus. How to worship in spirit and in truth? Keep none for yourself. And he said it earlier, it's surrender. Is he not worthy of it? Is he not worthy of your love? Is he not worthy of your affection? What would, what would make her do this? What would take Mary out of the position that she was at? What would keep Mary from helping Martha? What would, what would make her get up and just go get this? What would make her do this? Well, of course she loves Jesus. She has seen him work. She has seen, she has seen things happen in her life. She's made Jesus a priority. You're like, Izzy, I hear you. Izzy, I get it. I'm, I'm not Mary right now. And you're kind of, you're kind of driving it home. How, then how? How can I respond like Mary? What is she actually doing in this moment? What's happening in Mary's heart that's so important for you to come to Chicago and tell me about it? I got you. I love this. How to make Jesus a priority? Check this out. Three ways to worship like Mary. And then we're going to do this. Number one, Thanksgiving. Everybody say Thanksgiving. If you don't remember, Mary was demon-possessed at one point in her life. 
until Jesus came along. Mary lost her brother until Jesus came along. Mary is sitting there and she looks at Lazarus and she looks at Jesus and then she looks back at Lazarus. I can see this happening. And then she looks at Jesus. And as she looks at Lazarus and remembering the moment where she said goodbye to him and as he breathed his last breath, he looks at, she looks at Jesus and I can see this moment in her heart. It begins to pound. And this emotion starts to well up inside of her. I can see her eyes start to well up. I can see tears begin to fall down her face. And I see her just immediately standing up and going to get it. What, what's happening in Mary's heart? It's Thanksgiving. What's worship? Right? Worship, we say, is about God, to God, for us. Worship is Thanksgiving. One of my favorite songs says, if I were to recite all of your deeds, I would never come to the end of them. That's Mary right now. She looks at Lazarus. She looks at Jesus. She gets up from wherever she's at and she goes. She goes and gets the most valuable thing in her life and brings it to Jesus. Listen, our immediate response to Thanksgiving must be worship. Our pastor back at James River says, says, Thanksgiving left unexpressed is not Thanksgiving. Joy left unexpressed is not joy. What am I saying? Listen, it's impossible to worship truly, biblically, if Thanksgiving and gratitude isn't birthed within your heart. Yet you're saying, you're saying, Izzy, that worship services can happen and worship is rarely taking place? Yes. I'm saying people can come into a house, come into a church and worship and not actually be worshiping. Not Mary. Not Excel. Not this house. Not this youth group. When Jesus is in the room, we start to think about all he's done. All he's done for me. I love it. I love this saying, he didn't have to but he did. He didn't have to, but he did. I love that. I love what Mary's doing in this moment. So what's our immediate response to Thanksgiving? It's worship. How can you move from those other categories to be a Mary? Start with Thanksgiving. Be like the psalmist and pour your heart and your love and affection. That's the heart of worship. That's the response to Jesus. Number two, position yourself in a posture of worship. Where's Mary at? Say it again. His feet. How low did Mary have to get to get down there? To the ground. She poured it on his head. John says she anointed his feet, wiped it with her hair. She was so low low enough that her tears would fall on the feet of Jesus, enough that she would use her hair. Her posture started with where she was positioned in her heart. How do I, how do I get there? How do I get to his feet? Well, yeah, we said Thanksgiving. Where does Thanksgiving start? Here. In your heart. In your heart. Mary's heart, she was at the feet of Jesus. So it only made sense to worship him there. Last one. 
Worship with what you have. Mark describes this moment. I love that uh, most of the gospels here talk about this story. And that obviously lets you know that this is something we should pay attention to. But he describes that phrase right here, worship with what you have. He describes it like this. Meaning, what she had, she did. You want to move from being the crowd or being too familiar or being too busy? Look at what you do have and worship with that. God will never hold you responsible for what you don't have. He's not looking at you and like, why don't you sing, bro? Can you sing? Right, does it make sense for me to just be mad at you for not being able to sing? But you can pray. And you can lead. And you can open up a service like you did. And you can you can be an armor bearer. And you can host. What do you have? What do you have? I'm a fan of people singing even if they can't sing. I love it. You want to know why? Because God loves it. It's a sweet sound to his ears. And, and, and we could talk worship musically, but, but what's happening here, there's no, there's no keys in the background. Mary's not pressing play on her Spotify playlist, right? She, she doesn't have Maverick City playing right now. Jaira. That's not happening right now. <laughs> so what is it saying? It's worship with our lives. Worship with who we are. What is the most valuable thing in your life? Is it your reputation? Is it your Xbox? Is it your relationship? And you're like, oh, maybe, yeah. Let me, let me tell you something. The most valuable thing in your life is you. It's your heart. It's your life. So what am I saying? I'm saying break open your heart. I'm saying break open your life. You're not too dirty. You're not too far gone. You're not too familiar. You're not too late. This vial doesn't just represent this perfume. It represents Mary's heart. It represents her life. She's saying, you can have every part of me. You can have all that I am in this moment. What am I saying? Break open your heart. God isn't looking for a polished vial. He's looking for a broken one. He's looking for somebody who's honest in their worship and is saying, hey, God, this is all I got. This is, this is it. You, you can have everything. I'm not sure if you want it. But here, he's saying, I'll take it all. I'll take it all if you give it to me. I'd take it all if you break it open. I love, I love this part. He's looking for someone to pour out their love and affection withholding nothing. Scripture says, and the fragrance filled the room. What happens when we worship with our heart? What happens when we respond in worship, when we find ourselves at the feet of Jesus, broken, saying, God, I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. I don't know why you'd want this, but you can have it. What happens? Scripture says, the fragrance filled the room. It wasn't just the smell of the perfume. It was the personhood of Jesus. When we worship, we fill the room with Jesus. 
that's why it's so important what happens up here. If I can talk to the team for a second, that's why it's so important because even the person in the back gets Jesus. We fill the room with Jesus. That means Jesus is for everybody. That means Jesus is the part of everyone. Look at me. I'm like crying like I did in Spider-Man. Holy cow. You want to know why? Because I remember being a little bit younger. Because I'm not old. I'll fight you. And my, my, biggest, my biggest fear is that I would miss out on a moment. And that never left me. And I think that's a good thing. Because when Jesus is in the room, I don't want to miss out on that. And my heart and prayer for you tonight is that you don't. Because whether you know it or not, he has something for you. And he wants to speak to you. And he wants to touch your heart. If you would just give it to him. So tonight, if we could do this, if we could just stand. And then, just go ahead you don't have a say in this because, again, I'll fight you. I'm wearing, I'm wearing black Air Force Ones tonight, right? Don't play with me. I'm not here to play. If we could just fill this whole altar area real quick. Just come on. Just come out, out of your seat. I've been, I've been thinking about how I wanted to close this. And I don't think there's anything Mary could have done to convince everyone to join her. And so... I think I'm just going to let you have a moment. And you're like, hey, I don't know where to start. That's okay. I'll help you. Start with Thanksgiving. Oh, you're taking notes. Start with Thanksgiving. Start with being grateful. So right now, here in this moment, go ahead. As you open up your heart, would you just start thanking the Lord? The good news tonight, the hard part's over. You're already in the room. You're already in the room. You're already in the room. Jesus is here. You're learning how to respond to his presence. Lord, you're worthy of our praise. You're worthy of our praise. Come on, accept that invitation right now. I can't, I can't do anything else to convince you can't do anything else to get you here our job's over as leaders you're in the room holy spirit would you come lord would you come lord we know that you're not looking for perfect people you're looking for broken ones come on if you're here and, you, and you're afraid that being broken will leave you vulnerable god is not going to hurt you there's nothing to be afraid of in this moment jesus is here to love you, to watch over you, to take care of you. He's worthy. He didn't have to, but he did. You're here. You're breathing. You're in this moment. Lord, move on our hearts. Lord, move on our hearts. Lord, if there's any voices in, in their heads, in our heads, Lord, I pray that you would come to our defense right here in this moment. Lord, we break open our hearts before you. Lord, we pour out our hearts before you. You're worthy of our praise. You're in this place. You're in this place. Hallelujah.
on. You're worthy to be in the same room as him right now. Hey, you're good enough. You're good enough right now. One of my favorite things is that Mary had no consideration for what she looked like. She wasn't worried about what people were saying about her or thinking. She wasn't worried about being cool. She wasn't worried about being any other way. So maybe that's you and you're like, man, I just don't know how this is going to look. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. I want to challenge you. Would you just begin to be vocal about your gratitude? Just begin to use your words. Begin to speak it out. Sometimes it's easy to trail off in our minds and to start thinking of other things and to go down rabbit holes. To begin to express your heart for the Lord with your own words, with your own song, with your own thoughts. I want you to imagine the Lord is standing before you. What would you say? If Jesus stood before you in the flesh, looked you in the eye and spoke your name and smiled, how would you respond? so grateful for your word. We're grateful for the reminder that it's given us tonight. Lord, to even understand that worship is so much more than a song. That music is simply a form of worship, but not worship in and of itself. That worship is a posture of the heart. It's an attitude of gratitude. It's a response to your presence. And God, I pray as Pastor Izzy spoke a moment ago, God, that we would not withhold our worship from you, that we wouldn't withhold our gratitude from you, that, that we wouldn't allow ourselves to get comfortable in your presence to the point where we no longer respond to it. From the youngest to the oldest, oh God, I pray that any time we gather in your presence, Lord, that there would be a response. Lord, I pray for demonstrative responses too, God, not just quiet speculation. Lord, as Mary was uncaring of how she appeared in front of everybody else, God, I pray that we would be unashamed of our worship, God. 
that we wouldn't care if we were too loud, that we wouldn't care if, if we were too animated, that we wouldn't care. Lord, all throughout the Bible, they tried to shut people up from worship. Or David was told to not be so foolish that his position meant he shouldn't act that way, but he couldn't help how he worshiped you when he thought about you, God. And he stood in that beautiful stubbornness and said, I will look even more foolish if it means worshiping you, God. Or that there is a generation who is vocal about all the things they don't like. Lord, I pray that you would give them an even louder voice for the one thing they love more than anything else. God, I pray that when others see us worshiping, that they wouldn't do the things we fear because we know more than anything they won't ridicule us, they won't laugh at us. If anything, they would respect someone who practices what they preach, who lives out what they say, truly honors you and loves you. Lord, we sit here a people full of gratitude and full of love. Help us to worship you in spirit and in truth all the days of our lives. Pray that in your mighty name. Now here's how we're going to close. I want you to stay where you're at in the atmosphere of worship. And when you are done, you can go. But don't be in a rush. If you want more, get more. If you want to stay in this moment in God's presence, stay in this moment in God's presence. Just dwell in there. When was the last time you just dwelled and abided and just sat in the presence of God? enough to hear him speak back to you. Enough to come up with something to say. So, you know, if you're done, all I ask is that you not linger in this room. If you can go in the foyer just to not be a distraction to everybody else. But listen, if you want to take another five or ten minutes, there's no rush. I get it if your ride's here. That's different, but I don't want to challenge you. Just take the time. If you want to kneel, if you want to sit, if you want to stand, if you want to lift up your hands, if you want to prostrate, whatever you feel the need to do, no judgment here. Just worship God and stay in his presence.